Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Late Show. Have a seat, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Stephen Colbert, and it is a... It is a hot time in the old town tonight, and I gotta give it up for this audience right here who stood outside... who stood outside... for hours in the scorching heat and then were drenched in a downpour. We are definitely not getting our deposit back on these people. Whole country has been set to flame broil, but in some places, it's extra crispy. For over a week in Oklahoma, temperatures have topped 100 degrees. It is so hot, the state has a wilted panhandle. (laughs) And we can show that, right? That's fine. (laughs) Things can get much hotter, according to climate activist Al Gore, seen here in a sexy PSA about the dangerous warming in your pants. (laughs) Gore went on the Sunday shows this weekend, warning that our atmosphere could get a lot worse. Thanks, Al. Where were you 20 years ago when we could have done something about... I'm sorry, he what? You what? Really? Well, maybe if more people had voted for him than the other guy, he would have had a chance to be... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, okay. Say hi to Tipper. What? Here's what the former almost president said. Behind me, you see a picture from the International Space Station that shows how thin the atmosphere is. And the award for most depressing Zoom background goes to Al Gore. Better luck next time, unmade bed with lump of clothes on it. (laughs) Gore explained the effect of all the carbon we're dumping in the atmosphere. That's why the heat records are being broken uh, all the time now. Uh, That's why the storms are stronger, why the ice is melting and the sea level is rising, and why the droughts and fires are, are hitting us so hard and so many other consequences. And while I'm depressing you, I just want to let you know that switching to paper straws does absolutely nothing. While while you idiots wash yogurt residue out of a plastic cup, I want to go punch a sea turtle. (laughs) Thankfully, not all the news is about deadly heat. There's also plenty of plagues, specifically monkeypox. And I'll tell you the latest in my segment. Everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkeypox. There's no lesions! On Saturday, the WHO declared monkeypox a global health emergency. No, no, WHO. No new health emergencies until you finish your COVID, little mister. (laughs) How can you have your pudding? The reason monkeypox has been upped to emergency status is because it's spreading faster than the scientists had expected. As of today, New York City alone has logged over 1,000 cases. That is unacceptable. The only disease you should contract in New York is herpes from a subway pole. (laughs) Welcome to our beautiful city. (laughs) Touch nothing. 
The CDC has provided some information on how monkeypox spreads, mainly through direct contact with an infectious rash and bodily fluids, which is why they say when at all possible, people with monkeypox should handle their own soiled laundry. That CDC report was written by Dr. Mom, who is sick of this. <laughs> You're 23, Jordan. Go to a laundromat. Unlike COVID, <laughs> researchers have found that the monkeypox virus can live on surfaces for up to 15 days. Okay, I spent over a year wiping down my groceries, but I draw a line at scrubbing my monkey. <laughs> it's a sin. <laughs> Speaking... <laughs> Speaking of disease on Friday... We got a verdict in the contempt trial of former presidential advisor. <laughs> Steve Bannon, seen here spotting a good sleeping place at the dog track. <laughs> Leading up to and through the trial, Bannon has been fiercely defiant. This is going to be the misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. We're going to go on the offense. We're tired of playing defense. We're going to go on the offense on this and stand by. Pray for our enemies, okay? Pray for... Because we're going medieval on these people. We're going to savage our enemies. So pray for them. That's Who needs prayers? Certainly not Stephen K. Bannon. He doesn't need prayers or want them. I believe we have footage. Is this true of the last time someone prayed for Steve Bannon? The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! So, what kinds of savage medieval hell did Bannon unleash on his enemies during this trial? He put on no defense and was found guilty on all charges. Evidently, Bannon was hoping to win in the court of public opinion. Unfortunately, his trial was held in the court of court. <laughs> and now that he's convicted, Bannon faces up to two years in federal prison. And that is amazing news for everyone except for the prison guard who has to perform the strip search. <laughs> All right, Mr. Bannon, sir, please remove your shirt uh, and your other shirt <laughs> and all the remaining shirts. We had a question backstage as to whether the audience would remember that he wears a lot of shirts at once. <laughs> I wasn't sure if y'all would remember. I think I was right. So that's a victory in a way. No laugh. <laughs> Little victories. The jury convicted Bannon after less than three hours of deliberation, including a lunch break. It took them less time to convict him than it did to agree on calamari for the table. <laughs> Reminds me of the classic film, 12 Hangry Men. <laughs> Bannon's not the only one being affected by the January 6th committee. Their hearings have had a huge negative impact on the reputation of former president Grand Theft Autocrat. <laughs> according, according to a recent New York Times, Siena College, Kibbles and Bits poll... Nearly half of Republican primary voters are seeking someone different for president in 2024. Wow. And a significant number are vowing to abandon him if he wins the nomination. So that means 
The hearings are working. The former president has been betrayed by his closest friend, TV. <laughs> watch out, sir. Sir, watch out. Toilet will betray you next. The things it's seen. <laughs> Seems like... Wow. Wow. <laughs> Seems like Republican viewers are listening uh, on January 6th. Uh, <laughs> go back. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was so thrown. I was thrown by how emotionally invested you were in his toilet. <laughs> okay. Seems like Republican viewers were listening when January 6th committee member Adam Kinzinger said this. I say this to my fellow Republicans. Watch this with an open mind. And is this the kind of strong leader you really think you deserve? No. The strong leader Republicans think they deserve is Rambo Jesus riding a tiger with double Ds. <laughs> One... A good looking tiger. One Republican who seems to have turned on the former president is media mogul and billionaire blobfish Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> on Friday, after the committee demonstrated that the former president actively wanted the insurrection to happen, Murdoch's New York Post published an op ed calling the ex pres unworthy to be chief executive again. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well said. Well said, New York Post, but where's the pun? The headline should have been, Uncle Rupi Poo Poo's Coo, is there a Murdoctor in the house? <laughs> this weekend, at the right-wing Turning Point USA Summit, we heard from Missouri Senator and star of the new film, Fascist Gump, <laughs> Josh Hawley. Hawley's best known for raising his fist in solidarity with the Capitol rioters, then being one of the senators who objected to Biden's victory in Pennsylvania after they stormed the Capitol. And he told the crowd this weekend he is not sorry. I objected on January 6th last year to the state of Pennsylvania. And I just want to say to all of those liberals out there in the liberal media, just in case you haven't gotten the message yet, I do not regret it. And I am not backing down. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to run from you. Yeah. He is never going to run from his enemies. In fact, here he is on January 6th, bravely moonwalking into danger. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Congressman Jamie Raskin. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, 
My guest tonight is a three-term congressman from Maryland who served as lead impeachment manager during the 2021 trial and is the author of the book Unthinkable. He currently sits on the January 6th committee. Please welcome Congressman Jamie Raskin. Thanks so much for being here. The pleasure is all mine. Nice to see you in person. I enjoyed your work in the 2021 impeachment. I think you've made the, the case quite compellingly. Um, and the committee just had their uh, season finale <laughs> after, uh, after eight episodes. And the reviews are good. And, I, and I, I really don't mean that facetiously. There were no duds. I think everybody who wanted the truth to get out there was quite impressed by the the clarity, uh, the density of the information, and um, how, how well presented and how easily understood it was. What do you think we learned, the public learned, from those eight hearings that is most important to remember? Well, it's a spellbinding story because it's the story of the worst presidential crime in American history. Uh, we had a, a president who lost the election by more than 7 million votes. It wasn't like it was close or anything. Uh, and he just refused to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So we saw him go to the legislatures to see if they would just void out the popular vote and install Trump electors. We saw him call up state election officials like Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a lifelong Republican who had contributed handsomely to the Trump campaign, and say to him, just find me 11,780 votes. That's all I want. I mean, I'm a politician. That's all I want is 11,780 <laughs> votes. And when none of that worked, then he decided he would put all the pressure on Vice President Pence to step outside of his constitutional role to declare and exercise unprecedented, lawless power to nullify electoral college votes from Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, essentially vaporizing the votes of tens of of millions of people. And um, when Pence, surprisingly to some people's standpoint, refused to go along with that and stood strong and showed himself to be a constitutional patriot that day. Uh, And over in the prior weeks, Trump summoned, convoked, incited, galvanized, and then sent a mob to the Capitol in order to overthrow the election. That he knew to be armed. And he knew they were armed. And nothing like that has ever happened in American history before. So... Um, you know, thank you for saying we did a good job, but uh, we had a lot of material to work with there. Uh, and, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, the point is, that, to my mind, that democracy is truly a fragile thing. I mean, before the American Revolution, everybody had lived under kings and queens and emperors and czars and people like Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. That's what life was like for most people. And our founders, as flawed as they were in different ways, had the insight to say, let's create a government based on the consent of the governed and democracy. And that is the radicalism of the American experiment. But all over the world today, the autocrats, the dictators, the bullies, the tyrants, the despots, they're all on the march. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think... At first, I thought that the previous president was some sort of... uh 
anomaly, sort of like, you know, an unknown mutant who just sort of appears and changes the course of history. But then uh, my son pointed out to me, well, then, Dad, why is Orban there? And, you know, where is Erdogan there? And why is Putin holding on to power? Why do you think this is something that is happening, if not in every time zone, in every hemisphere? Well, it's like all the monsters of the 20th century have been revisited upon us, right? And, um, well, if you listen to President Biden, who has told this to us several times in coming to the Hill, he says, when those autocrats talk to him, they say, Joe Biden, you're a nice guy, you're a good guy, but in the 21st century, with climate change, which they all admit to be true behind closed doors, and with all of the immigration and so on, what the world needs is strong men. And you're not a strong man, you're not an autocrat, you're not a dictator. Um, and so from Moscow to Mar-a-Lago, all the autocrats are working together to try to overthrow democracy, which is why the American people have got to hang tough for the good thing we've got going here, constitutional democracy. Now, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Congressman Jamie Raskin, everybody. Stick around. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. I want to talk about one thing that we heard uh, on the, the, the last hearing is... I know myself and many people that I've spoken to who watched it were were affected, were sort of emotionally affected by learning that the Secret Service wanted to contact, was trying to contact their families to say goodbye because they feared for their own lives. You guys have this information long before we do, but what was the effect, or were you affected the way we were by hearing that information? Well, actually, none of us were surprised because the exact same thing was going on on the House floor. Um, everybody was calling their spouses, their kids, their parents to say goodbye. Um, you know, all of us had assumed if one person had somehow gotten into the Capitol and had eluded the security that we have without a background screening, without going through the metal detectors, that person would be shot on sight. But instead, we had hundreds of people descend upon the Capitol, and most people were convinced that somebody was going to take out an AR-15. Mm -hmm. And we had Democratic colleagues who were up in the gallery who crawled over to the Republican side because they thought they would be safer over there. That night, if a gunman showed up, people were taking off the little pins we have to get us in the building so they wouldn't be recognized. So when we heard that the Secret Service men and women were calling their families, all of us just nodded because the same thing was happening. And of course, I had my daughter and my son-in-law with me that night, and um, it was an objectively terrifying situation. 
When did y'all find the footage of Joss Hawley scampering like a forest creature toward the exit? Uh, there's lots more where that came from. Uh, well, really? Because I think America's crying for a sequel there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the thing that gets me and the reason that I felt totally fine about our showing that is there were people who were egging on the mob, inciting the crowd, chanting 1776, mm -hmm. when the founders would be turning over in their graves to see a bunch of fascists storming the U.S. Capitol. Um, and... And then later, denying the whole thing, minimizing it, whitewashing it. I mean, Donald Trump has given them their orders when he said, oh, uh, you know, his crowd greeted the police officers with hugs and kisses, which is presumably how 150 of them ended up wounded, injured in the hospital with broken arms, legs, contusions, concussion, concussions, traumatic brain injuries, and now post-traumatic stress syndrome. I mean, this is real life, and, you know, for Donald Trump, it's a big joke. Now, the Secret Service um, uh, cannot find their texts to each other, and they sent one text, which almost seems yes. like a... Like, you, yeah. if you pardon the expression. Well, well, it seems insulting <laughs> to send one text Well, when was over. the last time you got one text in a day? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, so the Secret Service has said, oh, yeah, big mistake, oops-a-daisy, uh, we can't find them. Do you buy their explanation at all? Is it for sale? I don't really buy that for one minute. Um, for one thing, isn't it a little odd that all of the texts would vanish for January 6th and January 5th? You know, of, of all the days, what an odd coincidence that is. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a pre-planned migration of the phones um, that just happened to be on the same day as the first violent insurrection in American history. Uh, so I'm a little dubious of that, so count me a skeptic of that. But I'll tell you this, that everybody who has tried to hide a fact and hide the truth from this committee has gotten his or her comeuppance because there are other people coming forward to tell the truth all the time. Well... Mm. At the, end of, at the end of the hearing, Representative Cheney said, the dam is breaking. Give us a sense of the, 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 the amount of new information you're getting. Is this a flood? Is it the Hoover Dam busted open? Or is this a trickle through, like, a, a, a Dutch dike? <laughs> well, um, you know, we've talked to hundreds of witnesses, mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of witnesses. We have hundreds of thousands of documents. And... This is not only the first violent insurrection uh, incited and organized by a president. It's the first one that was pretty much taped instantaneously by everybody who was there. Mm -hmm. So we have remarkable documentation of exactly what happened. So, you know, this isn't exactly like an Agatha Christie mystery, Stephen. You know, I mean, we know who done it uh, <laughs> from the beginning, but the real... <laughs> The reason it's been so gripping for people is to actually see such an extraordinary thing unfold as a plan to overthrow the world's first modern constitutional democracy.
democracy, and the people aren't going to have it. Donald Trump's going to be on his own at the end of this thing. The people are not going to have it. We have to take a little break, but we'll be right back with more Congressman Jamie Raskin, everybody. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, we're back here with Congressman Jamie Raskin. As a constitutional uh, scholar, you, you, you taught constitutional law for a long time. Why do you think it is so hard to hold this one obviously guilty man accountable? given that you were also an impeachment, uh, a leader of the second impeachment. Did the founders shank it in how they set up the checks and balances, or are the other branches shanking it right now out of fear? No, I, I think he's good at what he does. I mean, he's from this city. He's from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he's been a con man and an operator for a long time, and he operates like the best of the crime bosses, which is he always insulates himself with several layers of lawyers and money and flunkies between uh, himself Mm -hmm. and that which he orders to be done. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you can look at so many things, Trump University, and you can look at all the allegations of sexual assault and sexual harassment. It's amazing. He's like Houdini, the way he gets out of it. But I think he's met his match in Benny Thompson, Liz Cheney, and the January 6th committee. Many people are frustrated with the speed at which Merrick Garland is bringing uh, charges, um, even based upon the criminal referrals uh, given by the January 6th committee. Uh, How do you feel about uh, Merrick Garland saying, no person is above the law, we don't make our investigations public, and we have to get this right? How how do you interpret that? Well, I agree with all that. Mm -hmm. I should start by saying Merrick Garland is my constituent, and I don't browbeat my constituents. Uh, So, uh, you know... Every vote counts. Every vote counts, indeed. This is the season to remember that. And um, look, um, they've brought more than 850 cases already for uh, assaulting federal officers, for destroying federal property, for refusing to leave, for seditious conspiracy against the government. I know everybody is impatient because they want to see it go all the way to the top, but this is how organized crime investigations work. You start at the bottom with the little fish, and you keep flipping people until you get up to the top. And if you're with Dr. King, you know, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. 
And Donald Trump should remember that. I want a little bendier. I want a little bendier. <laughs> no. If, if it's okay with me asking you about uh, your, your personal life and your family, um, you experienced, your whole family, you and your family experienced deep suffering in the winter after the election and, and before January 6th, uh, the loss of your son, Tommy. And uh, a week later, the insurrection. Benjamin Franklin said, that which hurts instructs. And I'm wondering how your personal experience and the, the human suffering that you and your family have gone to has instructed the work that you do on behalf of the American people. Well, uh, Tommy Raskin was just a, a magical young man. <clears throat> he was a playwright. He was a comic. He was a student at Harvard Law School. He was a great poet. He was a passionate vegan who converted more people to not eating meat than anybody I ever met um, in my life. And he wanted a lot more from democracy, not a lot less from democracy. And so, um, you know, when Speaker Pelosi asked me to lead the impeachment team over in the Senate, um, she kind of threw me a lifeline as I see it uh, because I wasn't eating and I wasn't sleeping and I didn't know whether I would be able to do anything of value ever again in my career um, but she basically said, we need you, and we need you to help us rally. And um, I had Tommy in my heart, in my chest the whole time, and I still do until we get through with this thing. Congressman, uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Congressman Jamie Raskin, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.